This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you, Rabbi. I knew you were going to give me such an unbelievable introduction. I knew my hat wouldn't fit anymore, so I took it off. Thank you, Rabbi Parnas. Interesting. I have the same story you do. My father also paid a lot of money for me to get a 95, but for a different reason. I was getting 75s, and it also didn't work. So, since I was invited to come speak, Rishis, Rishishiva, Rabbanim, all the Askanim, Nashim Tzikaniyais, I've had a great debate within myself. Do I tell you the truth? Do I tell you what's really going on? Or do I let you leave the Gurdjieff Convention feeling all cozy and warm and fuzzy that everything is great and the Ruiv is doing well and it's just a few kids that fell out. But that's not the truth. And I didn't know what Akash Baruch really wanted me to do. Because if I really put it on the table, there's a lot of people sitting in this room that I don't know if they could handle it. So I made a tape of five phone calls that I kept on my phone. It's a very severe tape. There's a lot of crying and a lot of pain. And on my way here, I played it for my wife. And my wife said, you cannot play this at the convention. So I will not play it. But I will tell you what is in the, on that tape. But I still wasn't sure this morning, should I really say it the way it is? I set my alarm clock this morning for 7 o'clock. I woke up at 7 o'clock, and you see, you have to practice what you preach. I have an old antique flip phone. Anyone who knows what I talk about, I'm very anti, you know, the whole, what, you're all anti. And I had a text message this morning, and I'd like to read it to you. It was sent to me at 6.29 a.m. before I woke up. I'll read you word for word. This is from a from girl, not a girl off the derech, not a girl in the street. Rabbi Wallerstein, I'm angry. I'm starting to believe that there is no God. I think it's true that there is no such thing as Hashem. 6.49 this morning, before I woke up, I received this text. So I guess I need to talk about it. There's a Medrash Rabbah in Eicha. And the Medrash Rabbah says the following. At the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was crying. My loved ones, where are you? What did I do to you? I warned you. But you didn't do tshuva. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'Yirmiyah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Yirmiyah, I need daima hayayim l'adam shehayulay ben yechidi. I am today like a person who had an only son. V'asal ha-chupa and I made him a chupa. U'meis b'tay chupasai. And during the chupa he died. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu turned to Yirmiyahu and he said, and it doesn't bother you? Lo, lie? What I'm going through? The law of 
and what my children are going through? It doesn't bother you? Ask Rav Shimshin Pincus. How could Kosh Baruch say this to Yumiyahu? If anyone had bothered Yumiyahu, I think it was 21 years he stood and he gave Musa to Klai Yisrael. He wrote Hecha, he brought it to the king, and the king burnt it. And the Medrash says, Bohukalai, he hit him and he beat him. Yumiyahu? you have kindness to Yumiyahu? And Abshimshim Pinkus Oliver Shalom said, at the end of the day, you were the Navi. It happened on your watch. So you didn't do enough. You didn't know how to cry. And it goes on, the Medrash. And the Medrash says that a Kodesh Baruch who said, you don't know how to cry, go to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They know how to cry. So he goes... And he tells the Abba Sa'ilam, Imdu, get up, it's time for you to go and daven for Klai Yisrael in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay? So the Abba Sa'ilam said to him, Why? Why do you want us to go and daven with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? said, I don't know why. What do you mean? You knew why? The Beit HaMidrash is burning. Klaishwal is being destroyed. Why don't you tell the Ovis Avuseinu why you're coming to them? Says the Medrash that he said, Because he was scared. He was scared that the Ovis would say, In your days, on your watch, this happened to your children. So he went to Moshe Rabbeinu. He said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you need to go before Kaddish Baruch Hu and Babin for Klai Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, why? Why is today different? And he said, I don't know. Because he was scared that Moshe Rabbeinu would say the same thing as the Avais. So how could I get up at a good convention because it's our watch. Askanim, Gedolim, Rabbanim, Klayisro. It's happening on our watch. And in the end of the day, we're going to have to answer for all the children that are suffering, and the Shalom Bayis that's suffering, and the girls that are not getting Shaduchim. Yes, we have a lot of good things that we're doing. But it's on our watch. And because Baruch who said if it happens on your watch, you are not doing enough. So I'm going to tell you what's going on. As much as it hurts. Yemiyahu tried, as we know with the king, we say the kinnis, he told them behind the doors, yes, everything looks great in Klai But behind the doors, what you cannot see, they're serving Avodah and the king said, no, I will not let Paro go through. The Egyptians go through at Yisrael. You are the Navi, you don't know what you're talking about. There's a few kids out there that are at risk. But the rave is doing great. You don't know what you're talking about. And 300 arrows later, 
laying there and dying. He turned to Yimayo and he said, I was wrong. They were sinning behind the doors. Do we have to take 300 arrows to find out what's really happening in Klai Yisrael? Is there more Torah than there ever was? Yes, if there wasn't any Torah, we wouldn't be here. But I want to talk about the Torah from this week's Pasha. So in this week's Pasha, there was a big war, there was a big fight between the Malach of Esau and Yaakov Avinu. And they asked Akasha, why did the Malach of Esau wait till Yaakov? Why didn't he fight with Avram Avinu? And with Yitzhak Avinu, why did he wait till Yaakov? Why did he destroy Abraham and then there would be no Yaakov? And the terrorist that's given is that the Yetzirah had no problem with Abraham, with Chesed, because there are people who do Chesed and there are Goyim who do Chesed, the greatest Chesed, the biggest Risham in the world. Chesed is not a contradiction from the Malach of Esau. Yitzchak was Gvura. Gvura! It's not a contradiction for the Malach of Esau. But Yaakov was MS. And Yaakov was Yeshiva Holim. Yaakov was Torah. And that is a contradiction to the Yetzirah. So when Yaakov was left alone, the Yetzirah said, Him I must eradicate. I must destroy. And I must erase Torah from Klai Yisrael. But the Satan knew that the Kosh Baruch Hu said that Klai Yisrael would never be destroyed. And he knew that there will be a Daf Yaimi. And he knew there will be yeshivas full of kids that are learning. And he knew that there will be a Baal that will be sitting and learning. He knew that. And he knew he could never destroy that. So what did the Satan do? Says the Pasik, Vayo'avek ish imoy. So Rashi, Rashi says, Avak, which is dust. They kicked up a lot of dust. If I came here today to report to you on a fight that happened outside, I would tell you how, who won, who lost. I would tell you how they were hitting each other. I definitely wouldn't tell you, by the way, while they were fighting, some dirt was coming off the ground. It's not really that important. Why does the Torah use the word avak? Vayyavek. It should be vayyulachem ish imo. They were at war. What's vayyavek? And the Torah says, that he knew he could not destroy Torah. His objective was to do what dust does. Well, the women here know, if you have nice furniture, you have to dust it because dust makes it very dull. Your mirrors are full of dust, they become very dull. Your silver becomes very dull. The koyach of dust is to take beautiful, shiny things and make them boring and dull. So the Satan said, I cannot destroy Torah. But I will take the beauty, the excitement, the newness, the freshness. I will take that away from the Torah. It's much scarier than this. And it's brought down that the dust went to the Kisei HaKavoyed. And I remember learning this as a child and I didn't understand. How could dust from a fight on this world reach the Kisei HaKavoyed? And the terror is so deep, everybody. And it's the text I got at 629 this morning. If Torah loses its beauty, if the children that are learning Torah don't find it beautiful, 
The Balabatim, yes, we go to the Dafyoimi and Baruch Hashem. There's so much Torah, but every man in this room remembers when you were in yeshiva, or go to a yeshiva and watch the war, watch the fight between two chavruses, screaming and yelling. You don't know what you're talking about. The Ritva says the opposite, running and pulling out tents for him. Tents for him on every desk, go to any base medrash. The fire! If a guy would walk in, he would say, why are they all fighting? And they go to a dafyaimi, and everybody's sitting nice and quiet. There should be an hour and five minutes, and a cup of coffee, and another cup of coffee, and a little cookie, and it's Baruch Hashem, don't get me wrong. Where's the beauty? Where's the beauty? You just learned a black Gemara. There's so much went on. You can get up and walk out. You have nothing to ask the, the person who gave the shit, but he's on his way out the door, so you get a chance to ask for two seconds. Where's the fire from Yeshiva? Where's the beauty? Where's the beauty in a Yontif? We're all flying all over the place. Every hotel is full. Where's the beauty of a Yontif? Where's the beauty of a Shabbos? Where's the excitement? So the second said, by your I can't beat you. I can't stop you. But I will take away the beauty. And I'm not talking about kids at risk. I deal with regular kids. And I ask them. So, translate. Tell me. What is Yiddishkeit? I have never, in thousands of kids, been answered. Yiddishkeit is beautiful. Not once. It's rules. It's a way to connect to Hashem. A lot of different answers. Not one kid has ever answered to me. Yiddishkeit is beautiful. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is beautiful. So the Mechazal is telling us that if your Torah and your mitzvahs is about a bunch of marks on a test, it's a competition. If that's what it becomes, it becomes the subject. Subjects are not beautiful. I have an unbelievable chiddush how to get, how to stop kids from watching movies. Give them a test on it. If movies became a subject, nobody would watch movies. But Chumash is a subject, and Gemara is a subject, and Halacha is a subject. Taira is life! Life is beautiful! A subject is ugly! It's competition! What are we doing? This is Yavon! Kids in my class, and he's an IQ of 100, and another kid has an IQ of 140. One kid has an unbelievable memory. One kid does it. So Hashem brought him to the world. How dare you mock him? Go to the Kaiso and give Hashem the report card. He gave the kid the 140 IQ, and he gave the other kid a 95 IQ. He gave this kid an unbelievable memory, and he gave this kid no memory. He gave this kid parents that are amazing, and he gave this kid dysfunctional parents. Why are you taking it out on the child? This is not my Torah. I'll tell you where this Torah comes from. So this, the danger of this Yiddishkeit not being beautiful is, Zachazal, it will reach if Torah and mitzvahs and learning and Shabbos is not something that's beautiful, but it's a subject. It will reach the Kisei HaKavoy, that dust. And the Kisiyah covered will no longer be beautiful in the eyes of the Jewish children. In the end, the Kisiyah covered will be full of dust. It will be dull and it will be boring. And in the end, Rabbi Wallerstein will get a text at 6 o'clock in the morning, Where's God? 
I'm not sure Hashem exists. And that's what Chazal say. It's not physical dust, it's spiritual dust. I'm not just here to quetch. It's not what I do. So what do we do? So how do we change it? We're not going to change the school system. I'm not here to change the school system. But you can definitely change that system at home. You can tell your child what it really means, that the most important thing by a yid, and I, this is our Torah. Our Torah talks nothing about marks. Moshe Rabbeinu did not bring a subject down from Harsinai. It doesn't say anywhere that they were ever tested. There was one competition in the whole Torah, two kahanim, running up to see who gets first to the top of the Mizbeach, and we didn't do well. He pushed him off and broke his legs. We're not, we're not good at competition. We are all about effort. The anti... I mean, when, when, if you would show this to educators, secular educators, if you show them the Mishnah that says, it's not up to you to finish, they would, they would go crazy. What do you, what do you mean? How could you, how could you say that? How could the rabbi say that? It's not up to you to finish. That's, that's what you have to do. You have to finish. It's not up to you to finish. It's up to you to start. It's up to you to try. That's what the Torah, that's what the Mishnah, I didn't write the Mishnah. Zechariah Wallstein did not write this. Lord Alecha, I'm a local Ligmar. I didn't write this Mishnah. That's not your job. Your job is on one side of the report card to get straight olives. Effort. Behavior. Cleanliness. If effort is 100%, there is no other side to the report card. You want to talk about stress? From first grade on? A report card? And we think we're doing them a favor. We write on the back. You have amazing potential. Thank you. It would have been much better if you said I'm a failure. Maybe I'll make it. You have amazing potential, but you didn't reach it. And the kid comes home. I'm in the kid's mind. I'm still in their mind. I'm, a, I'm still a teacher. The kid comes home with a 50. Chas v'sholom lo'yalechem. Comes home with a 50. So what do we, how do we react? So first of all, you need to know, when the kid gets the 50, first of all, he can't show anyone in the class his mark. We hope the Rebbe doesn't tell anyone the mark, of course. So he can't show anyone the mark, so everyone's showing their marks, and he's not showing his mark, so they're not silly. Kids are very smart. He failed. So he already feels different. He already feels very alone. I failed. And Chatzashalom, I hope that nobody writes on the top of the paper, the kid's in eighth grade. Failed! By the time I get to eighth grade, they know. 50 is a failure. You don't have to write it. So he comes home, and he's mamish. <laughs> he doesn't feel good about himself. And his mother's like, no! So how'd you do on the test? Well, ma, really not so great. Chatsi, chatsi, literally. <laughs> literally chatsi, chatsi. Do you, do, do you know what this is going to do to your father? Do you have any idea what this is going to do to your father? Do you know how many jobs he works that you should go to yeshiva? Do you know how many jobs he works that you can have a tutor? You know you're going to give him a heart attack, Chatzvashon? The man works his heart out, he's going to see a 50? And you don't, do you know that when they find out what you're doing in school, your sister, they're going to think the whole family genetically is not smart? Your sister's never going to get a shidduch? Do you understand what you're doing? And what am I going to tell all my friends? Their kids are in the class. They all got great moths. What am I going to tell my friends? So now you have a little kid. He's a fourth grader. He's walking around like this. I'm a failure. I think I killed my father. My sister's going to be single till she's 80. Stress? Stress? So let's, let's change the channel. Shefali, you got a 50? It means you got 50 right. Let's, go, let's see what you got right on the test. 
Chaim, number three you got right? Number three is much harder than number two. How did you remember number three? And he's going to look at you and say, Ma, did you hear Rabbi Wallstein? Did you go to one of his speeches? I can't believe you're reacting like this. But he's listening. Because you're focusing on his positive. So he's listening. So now you have a chance to go over number three. And why you got number two right, he's going to say, you know what, Ma, I wasn't thinking. If I got number three, I surely should have gotten number two. That's the Gemara right before that. I definitely should have known that. And all of a sudden he's talking to you and he's open. And next time, he may not get a 70, but he might get a 60. And there'll be a 65 and a 70. I'm doing this for a very long time. And he may not be able to get more than a 70, but he'll definitely do his best. Because guess what? My mother or my father is focusing on my positive. So where do we see that in the Torah? We see that in the Malchus of Kla Yisrael. We see that by the Eim HaMalchus. So, you know, everybody wants to get into Kirov and Kirov professionals. I don't know that it became a profession, but there are people teaching other people how to do Kirov. You don't have to learn how to do Kirov. Every person in Klyistrow, we're all connected. If you're all connected in the puzzle and each puzzle piece fits into the other, you don't have to be a professional in this at all. But I want to tell you the first case of Kirov that I know of, at least, in the Torah, and this is the secret of taking a kid out of stress. So Boyaz comes to the field. And he says to the Kaitrim, Hashem imachem, Hashem. There are many people here who go to work. What do we say when we come to work? Why are you late? Are my papers ready? Did you send a letter to the bank? Did you send the email? Did you send the fax? Right? Okay. Lucky if that's the way you come to work. How did Boaz come to work? The first thing he said to all his workers is that Kodesh Baruch Hu should be with you. Could you imagine if a Rebbe walks into a class and the first thing he says to his class, instead of take out your pen, stick in your shirt, put that away, put that away, take out your homework, right? Instead of opening like that, a Rebbe opens up and says, Kindleloch, you should be benched by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Kindleloch answer back, Rebbe, Hashem should bench you. It's a different day. When a husband leaves the house, if his wife would say to him, or he would say to his wife, Shefullah, today you should be gebenched. Hashem should bless you. And she answers back, Hashem should bless you. It's a different way of going to work. A boss that walks in to his job, to his office, and he tells his workers, Hashem, today God should be with you. And they answer to the boss, God should bless you. We'll see a lot of Hatzlacha in his business. So we get an insight to who Boaz is. And then Boaz asks the question and he says, who is this? And the Nara answers, Nara Movia, she's a girl who came from Movia, who came with Naomi from Stamov. He had nothing nice to say about her. So now the Gadol Hadar, which is Boaz, the Gadol, the Shafit, the Gadol Hadar, he meets this girl who's a Moavi, who he got his report already. What does he say to her? And he said the following. He calls Rus the first time he ever spoke to her, my daughter. She doesn't understand. She was actually thrown over, it's a pretty scary medrash, that when she came to the field, the people in the field, the boys in the field said, you are a guy, you're taking like it from the Jewish girls, they took her and they threw her over the fence. 
After 120 years, imagine the answering for throwing double ML's grandmother over the fence, right? But how do we know that? How do we know that? Because he says to her, I told my, my, my boys not to touch you. Why would they touch her? So the measure says, because they threw her over the fence. You come and you're stealing like that from Jewish girls. So that's what they thought of her. But what did Boaz say? He said, guilty. So she asked him. She asks him. She, she, she falls to the ground and she says, I don't have, I, I don't understand. Why are you being so nice to me? Here's the big word. To give me recognition. I'm a guy. I'm a stranger. So he answers her. And he says, because I focused on all the pain that you went through. I don't focus where you come from, but I focus what you gave up. And he says, and he says, You went through so much pain, you're my BT. And this is what she says. My master, I found favor, because you consoled me, which meant that she was in a lot of pain, that she needed consoling, because she felt very strange. She felt very much like an achria. And then he says the big words, You didn't speak to this, but you spoke to this. You spoke to my heart. And then she made a comment that we all need to know. A person who talks to someone's heart and treats them like they're their own son and daughter, she said, you're putting all that into me? I'll give you a guarantee. I will not be like a regular shivcha. I will become Aim Hamalchus, the great-grandmother of David HaMelech and the great-great-grandmother of Moshiach, Ben David. One word. Bitti. My daughter. I treat you like you're my own daughter. I don't have time. I promised the rabbi I'd be finished at 1.30. And I have a lot to say. But I want to tell you a chidah that I saw, which is a huge chidish. And only, I could say it only over because the Chidah writes it. And with this I'll end and I'll leave, let you leave here with a fantastic trick on how to be Mechanech's children. Your own children. As a Rebbe, as a parent, as a grandparent. The Chidah says the following. In last week's parasha, Yaakov Avinu had a dream. And in this dream, HaKosh Baruch came to him and said, I am Elokei Avram Avicha, and he doesn't say Avicha. By Avram he says, I am the God of, of Avram, your father. And by Yitzchak, he doesn't call Yitzchak his father. He just says, Elokei Yitzchak. So the Chidon Asakasha. Avram wasn't his father, it was his grandfather. Akash Baruch was coming in the dream and saying, Your father. Yitzchak, who is his father? He doesn't call him his father. It's a shtaka chidah. And the chidah says the following. Tema, shikaral aziknei aviv, ulo aviv waikara av. Nirali, lefishi Yaakov, hoye b'chaya Avram, 
Yaakov lived in the time of Abraham, he was very close to Abraham Avinu, lent with him for 15 years. And Abraham Avinu called Yaakov, even though he was a grandson, for all the grandparents that are here, who you think that Yechinich is over. Abraham Avinu called his grandson, my son, and therefore, and he gave him a lot of love, and therefore, because Baruch in the dream of Yaakov, called Avram his father. Yitzchak, who loved Esav more than him, And if you look in the Pasha before, you will see that never does Yitzchak call Yaakov Bani. But he calls Esav many times Bani. Says the Chidah, just because you have a child doesn't make him your son. Doesn't make, him your, doesn't make you his father. You have to call him Bini. You have to call her Biti. You have to tell them how much you love them. There's a Mishnah, and, and, and I love this Mishnah, because this, with all respect to psychologists who's here, and psychology, and, and we all learn about psychology when everything is in the Torah. We don't have time to go through Yosef and Moshe and David. But I just want to tell you a Mishnah. A Mishnah that's unbelievable. You know, people, you go to marriage counseling, what do they tell you? You need to, you, it's not enough that you love the other person. You need to tell them. They always say that. Not enough you love your kids. You have to tell your kids, I love you. But they know I love No, you have to tell them. What do I have to tell them? She knows I, she knows I love her. Well, I have to tell my kid, he knows I love him. Right? We ask Michiel always from our parents, Arab Yom Kippur, and they're like, I'm your mother. I don't have to be Michael. Of course I don't, right? No. So, we don't need books for this. Mishnah Pirkei Avos. Who are you? Rabbi Kiva said, Chavei Vadim Shinibra B'Tzalem? Chiva Yisera Noidaslo. That we're very Chavei that we were created B'Tzalem, but what's the Chiva Yisera, the extra love? That Kosh tells you, he communicates it to you, that you're Nikra B'Tzalem. Hashem loves us that we are the children. Not enough, says the Mishnah. It's a chibiyaseya. The real love is that Hashem tells us not enough that we're His children. He has to tell us that we're His children. That's the chibiyaseya. And the last, the beautiful Torah that has become so dim and dull. Apple comes out with a new iPhone every single six months. Fresh, new, shiny, exciting. They're throwing out our children. Fresh, new, exciting. Nature doesn't put our back on that. So we're getting, their kids are getting hit with all this new stuff, new technology. And we have to fight them with a Torah that's shiny, not a new Torah. But a Torah that's exciting. Not something that's just a subject. And at the end of the Mishnah, Rabbi Akiva says, and that's the question I'm looking to get answered all these years when I ask kids, what is Yiddishkeit? What is Taira? The Mishnah answers, Chiba Yisera Naidas Lehem Shenita Lehem Kli Chemda. How many of us feel that the Taira is a Kli Chemda? And of course, Baruch Hu doesn't let us figure it out on his own. 
but he loves us and he tells us. So I'm just going to give you a hint when it comes to children. I started doing this, and I told a bunch of Rabbi and my, some of my teachers to do it, and they said, it's, 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 it works. So you're very angry at your child. So you call him over. Chaim! I can't believe you did this! That's it! I'm done! Say the word beneath first. My son... <laughs> doesn't go. <laughs> Not a joke. My daughter is doing all kinds of stuff, and I'm like... Miriam, what's wrong with you? My daughter, my daughter, Miriam, what's wrong with you? The minute you put the word beneath my daughter or my son in front of what you're about to say, your whole, all your octaves come down, your whole feeling, your whole anger comes down. A Rebbe, when you call a kid up, whatever he did wrong, and sometimes I'm not one of these people that hold that you just, uh, my father was a Marine. I was brought up with the word consequence. I don't believe you should let kids do whatever they want. That's not, that's not the Torah way. But, at the same time, I'm a Rebbe, and when you call up a student, and his name is, let's say, Shlaimi or Shlomo, and he really did something wrong in class, and he's really going to get it over the head now, but if you say, my son Shlomo, first of all, you won't be able to say the way you thought you were going to say it, and second of all, when he hears that you say, my son Shlomo, he'll take it so differently. Even your own children. When you call your daughter and you say, my daughter Chani, or my son Chaim, and then you say what you have to say, you're going to say it differently, and they're going to hear it differently. I'm going to give everyone a bracha. Who loves us so much should give us the ability in this next year to shine up his Torah and his Yiddishkeit. And that that shine, that Kleistro of love and excitement about Yiddishkeit should reach his Kisei HaKavod. And the whole world should see once again who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. Hashem Echad, Ushma Echad. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.